You're listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from Sunday, December 3rd, 2023, the first Sunday of Advent, titled Paradigm Shifts. I had a literature teacher, an English teacher, in college, and we would read through these stories, Shakespeare and stuff like that. And he would always have this directive for us that I didn't know quite what he meant. He'd always say, look for the paradigm shifts in the story. Look for the paradigm shifts. And I would stand there and act like I knew what he was talking about. And I didn't, sure as heck, couldn't spell paradigm. I think it has a G in there for some reason. But I do know now that a paradigm shift is a, I'll just use the definition here, fundamental change of a, in approach or assumptions or even belief. A fundamental change, not a small change, not a tweaking of something, but a fundamental change in approach or assumption. Now, I know that these paradigm shifts in people's lives can be small or profound or, or they can be good or bad. In the Mexican culture, oftentimes alcohol is a problem. And this has happened a couple times in my priesthood. Even here at this church, a woman will bring her husband who's been drinking too much and ask him to have a special prayer of devotion which they'll promise the Lord and get a blessing never to drink again. Now those promises and vows have mixed results. But what it's asking for from God is a paradigm shift in their life because when a drinker goes from drinking every day to not drinking every day, that is a huge turnabout, a radical paradigm shift. There are some ones that are a little more innocuous, if you will. I remember there was a man who had a business on one of the strip malls, and he sold insurance. That's what he did. He sold insurance, didn't, you know, money stuff. And one day he decided, I'm not going to sell insurance anymore. I'm going to sell barbecue. And he did. Radical turnaround. His wife was a little surprised. But he did. These are not subtle changes. These are massive changes in approach or assumptions. In the beginning of the scriptures, in Genesis, we're very aware of how God's creation slowly built up into this culmination of Adam and Eve where Adam makes this beautiful statement when he sees his new wife, Eve, the first thing ever said by a human in the scriptures was at last bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh at last all of creation built up to that heading in a certain trajectory but then boom there was a massive paradigm shift called the serpent and the forbidden fruit their lives were never the same after that event Abraham when he was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac. His life was never the, chain, chain, never the same. Moses, 
at the burning bush. His life, he was just a shepherd. He was fine with his life. And next thing you know, there's this bush burning in front of him saying, Moses, I need you to lead my people. From that moment on, it wasn't a little change. It wasn't a slight tweak in his life. It was a fundamental paradigm shift. And even sort of the same image of, image of David tending sheep, being called out, and all of a sudden volunteering to fight Goliath. That moment, whether he would have won or lost, was a massive, massive turnabout, a massive paradigm shift in his life. His life was never the same. And as we approach Christmas, we'll hear the stories of Mary and Joseph, how they lived regular lives. Normal lives just wanted to survive and practice their religion. And angels came to both of them and asked them to be generous. And a massive paradigm shift came in their lives, in the church's life, in our life. Everything changed after a, a little angel approached Mary and said, Hail Mary, full of grace. But we also know that there are times when God calls people to a, a radical shift of life, a radical paradigm shift, a turnabout. When Jesus approached the rich young man, the rich young man says, what do I do need to be saved? And you follow the commandments? I do. But you have one more thing, son. And he looked at him with love. Sell what you have and come and follow me. Looking at him straight in the eye, the rich young man looking at the word made flesh, the God man who asked him for a change. And the answer was no. He couldn't do it. The paradigm shift was too jarring, was too radical, and he couldn't do it. We also know that another person who we don't know a whole lot about, we know that she is now one of our greatest saints, Saint Mary Magdalene, who we know that Jesus exercised seven demons from her, she had a massive metanoia paradigm shift in her life, so powerful that she was the only one who went to the tomb after he died. She had experienced that massive turnabout, that massive paradigm shift. You know, in the psalm that we sang, it has a hint of that, it has an echo. Lord, make us turn to you, and we shall be saved. Make us turn to you, asking the Lord to do something in us, to turn us a different way. Maybe a massive paradigm shift, or maybe a slight tweak in our life. Either way, the Lord is always working with us, and we're always asking him, show us our unseen faults. Psalm 139, it's a powerful prayer. Show us our unseen faults, and if it's in there, do a little tweak or a massive overhaul because the prophets do just that as we hear in Isaiah today they keep going and it will end with John the Baptist preaching and proclaiming listen you need to repent someone is coming someone is coming and he's going to look for a change in your life a massive paradigm shift and then when we do shift if we are converted, we're constantly reminded and warned, don't turn back, don't turn back, because it is a temptation. 
We remember, you know, Moses, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. So much so they kind of got used to being slaves. They took on some of the practices, the pagan practices of the Egyptians, and even started worshiping their gods. That's what those ten plagues are. Sacrifice each one of those animals to rebut the religion of the Egyptians. And when Moses led them out into the desert, I imagine they were scared. They were not used to this. They didn't want to be slaves, but they also had a struggle, a hard time being brave. But they were out in the desert, set free. They saw the works of God, opened up the Red Sea and saved them. And within a few weeks, when Moses was up on the mountain, they lost patience. They lost their watchers and their seekers and the men put in charge of them like Aaron. Next thing you know, they're worshiping a golden calf. What just happened? Well, they had a paradigm shift away from Egypt, and then they went right back to it. That golden calf was just one of the Egyptian gods, and they went back to worshiping it. Why? Well, it was, it was familiar, it was comfortable, and it was easy. It was what they were used to. They lost sight, they lost patience, and they lost faith. This can happen to anyone. You know, if you've ever seen or have someone in your family, and there's a reality show, if you ever get a chance to watch it, I sometimes do. The reality show is called Hoarders. And if you've ever encountered a hoarder and you have someone in your family, they gather all this junk around them and they grow to become comfortable with it. They grow to like it. They actually feel safe in it. Oh, they can't smell the stench anymore. And it's eating them alive. Oftentimes, they're absolutely unhealthy. But they've surrounded themselves with this, and it becomes kind of a church for them. And you know it when you start taking things out. We're cleaning out a, a hoarder's garage, and she came running out, and it was a tough scene. I remember pulling out an old Selectric typewriter from 1985, and she said, oh, I can sell that. I found a calendar from 1988. Oh, I can sell that. No, you can't. This is junk. But for her, it become like a religion. She had attached herself to it, and it called for a paradigm shift, which is often uncomfortable. But that's what the Lord calls all of us to do to be converted, to be sanctified, to be forgiven, and then go on mission. And then when we're on mission, when we're mission ministering to others, we really have to be on our toes because oftentimes we have to shift our approach. Sometimes we have to console and not just teach. There was a few years ago when I was in Waco, there's an abortion mill there's a clan parenthood up there and we were we were standing around it praying and protesting that's what we were doing and this woman walked up to us and she got upset she started yelling at us spitting at us cussing and so it was kind of ugly and you try to engage them but it wasn't going anywhere 
She was being a bit snarky, and I decided to be snarky back. <laughs> and she said something about, you know, you know, women's rights or something. And then I said to her, so you know, go back and tell your mom thank you for not aborting you. Just tell her I said thank you for not aborting you. My snarky response. And then her response back to me as her eyes filled up with tears was, I wish she would have. Suddenly there's a paradigm shift. We had to go from debating with her to at least trying to console her. In one moment, she switched from being angry to being transparent about her broken heart, her abusive past, and the sins of her parents. In two seconds, in ministry, there was a paradigm shift. I'd like to say we responded well, but I think we were just stunned to silence as she walked away. Like I said, when it comes to ministry, you have to be like a linebacker, your knees bent and head on a swivel. You never know what's going to come at you. But if we are honest and we look around and just turn on the TV, we realize that the world has gone through in the past 60 years or so a paradigm shift. Our country has become less Christian pretty quickly, pretty quickly. Things that we took as truth, like what is a woman, what is a man, what is marriage, what is love, what is life. Those things are all up in the air. All up in the air. And we're asked to be people of truth and to lead these, the world, often in a culture of death, back to a culture of life. But we have to be paying attention. As we hear today, stay awake and watch. But it's easy to bury ourselves sometimes in our offices, on our phones, in our computers, in our own little life, while the rest of the world is going through a paradigm shift. So as we begin Advent, which is a radical shift, even here in the liturgy, we don't sing the Gloria. We wear different colors. The readings have changed. It goes from all those readings about the end, about Judgment Day, all of a sudden we're back in the Old Testament with our older brothers and sisters waiting for the Messiah. In that tension, in that hope that we will celebrate at Christmas. But we don't just look back. There's a twofold character of Advent. We remind ourselves that Jesus will come again. He will come again, and there will be a paradigm shift again. He will come looking for us, and do we live in that hope? as we used to say in joyful hope, live each day remembering that someone's coming to take us to himself, that we need to keep paying attention, keeping watch over our flock, and to be men and women who don't just react, but get out ahead of it. And so it is a chance to have a paradigm shift in our life, in our heart, to keep watch, because the world needs us and you to go back out into what John Paul II called a culture of death, to minister it with a culture of life and have a paradigm shift back to our Lord Jesus Christ.
You've been listening to Fide and Catholica, the Sunday homily of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in whichever podcast platform you're using so that you can be notified when new episodes are released.